the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my house. Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning to all my friends on this uh, kind of luscious day. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. We pride ourselves for being the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate. And, of course, if you live in New York, that's just about everything. But it's about everything all over, not just New York. Uh, Of course, if you have any questions about real estate or anything that has to do with real estate, please give us a ring at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Or you can reach me or any of our group by email at radio show. That's radio show at element.com. And it's all one word, believe it or not. That's radio show at element.com. And you can even post a comment or question on my Facebook page, Dottie Herman. You can listen to us whenever you want because we've got a great app for you. And you can go to the app store. It's called Ion Real Estate, like our show, believe that or not. And you can download and listen to the show at your leisure. How do you like that? We come to you anyway that you want us to, to, to come to you. So you can call us. You can email us. You can listen to us on our app. You can go on the Internet and look up 970. So there's any way, any time. And if you're like me, an insomniac, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, you can do it then. My friend and co-host, Jerry Feeney is with me today. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Dottie. What a beautiful Saturday morning. Yes, it is. And of course, everyone knows by now that Jerry is a prominent real estate attorney in New York with a wealth of knowledge about real estate and every aspect of it. He's here to answer any legal questions you might have. Not only is Jerry advice, his advice is so on it and so smart, but he's also free for our listeners. When do you get an attorney for free? Uh, not yeah, my not lifetime, free, I haven't just, just seen Saturday it. Mornings. <laughs> just Saturday mornings. Just Saturday mornings, right. So I encourage you to call at 866-970-9622. We also are joined by our mortgage and finance expert, Ace. Wanted to sue, to sue Parp. Getting there, Ace? Wow, look at that, yeah. Dottie. <laughs> I know. Only five years. Um, <laughs> Ace is like the encyclopedia for anything that has to do with mortgage and finance. And if you're even thinking about going to a bank for a loan, you should speak to Ace first. 
He's the vice president of Citizens Bank, the third largest lender in all of the Northeast. And he'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Just give us a ring at 866-970-8622. That's 866-970. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Yeah, Ace is also an expert uh, water tube uh, enthusiast. We're going to post a video of him. Well, uh, I I have not been there yet, but I will be. But Jerry's home, (laughs) I heard, is like a resort. I heard it's It's like a resort. Yeah, I was there last week, and it's um, it's so beautiful. I I I, I encourage all of our listeners to go and visit Jerry at his. Jerry, we'll give you his address. Yeah, Jerry, we'll give you his address. Yeah, let's do that, Uh, Dottie. We're going to get you out on the tube this summer. Believe me, all I can tell you is it's it's I'm a good swimmer. Almost, it's as much fun to watch as it is to do. I mean, just watching. Uh, and Jay, you know, these adults and, and act like children. Yeah. <laughs> but that's fun, you know? Yeah, it's fun. Adults should act that. like children sometimes. Not always, exactly. but sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's like if you're team. like most people and you need help in managing your money while living in retirement, you should start with a call or visit with a financial advisor from Citizens Investment Services. Citizens can help you refinance, and they can refine your retirement income plan and learn how to adjust your savings, withdrawal rate, and help extend your assets. Because we're all worried about retirement. Are we going to have enough money? Because people are living very long. And that's a good thing, but you have to stretch your money. How to adjust your asset allocation is an important part of retirement planning. And I know none of us want to think about that because we just don't. But the truth is we all have to think about it, and proper planning makes a very good and happy retirement so that you should call Citizens Bank. You can call them at 1-800-242-2224. That's 1-800-242-2224. And you can find out more online at citizensbank.com. And if you forget the number, just email us, and we'll surely give it to you. Oh, goodness. At 11 a.m., we'll have Desiree Patno, and she'll be joining us. And she's the CEO and president of Women in Housing and Real Estate. I was fortunate to meet her at in Miami, actually, at a women's conference I was speaking at. And she does wonderful things for women, and she can tell women who are looking to buy a home how they can really get government money and really get in for a lot less down payment than they think they have to to spend. So we're waiting to hear from her. She's spent three decades specializing in the housing of real estate ecosystems, and she leads the champion women's economic growth and independence, and she re- represents Fortune 500 people. And actually, I met many great women there, and she was just so interesting and so full of knowledge and just so committed to what she was doing. I thought she'd be a wonderful guest. She was on once before, actually. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you were born today, of course, you're a Gemini. You are an adventuresome soul, and you share the birthday with the famous Apache leader, Geronimo. Oh, Geronimo. wasn't that a show? Geronimo the Indian? Uh, oh. He was a Native American. He, the, the, he was I, on I, some I'm saying some the wrong terminology. Show. But what yeah, show was, was he on? Of, yeah, I can't remember. Was it Bonanza? Not Bonanza. Hmm. I don't remember. Dottie, can I um, say a uh, happy birthday to our newest uh, listener who was born this morning at 420? 
Orion Michael, who is uh, one of our good friends and one of my employees, had a first baby boy this morning at 420. Oh, congratulations. And, uh, wow, congratulations. To, this morning to I in real estate. Yeah, Orion, everybody knows, oh, he, he's our messenger. He's been our messenger for years. He's had a little baby boy. You'll have to get him a little T-shirt that says... I on real estate. That says <laughs> I on real estate. <laughs> well, get him listening when he's young. <laughs> exactly, exactly. By the way, tomorrow's Father's Day, so don't forget your dads, your grandfathers, your great-grandfathers, and anybody that's been like a dad to you. Um, it celebrates the contribution that fathers and father figure makes for the children in their lives. Father figures can include uh, everyone, the stepfathers, fathers, father-in-laws, grandfathers. Um, and again, anybody that's a male that's really made a difference in your life, and there's a lot of great guys around there that spend their time helping not only their own children, but kids that really don't have dads. So here's some wonderfully fa- wonderful fatherly advice from Reader's Digest. They asked 100 children what their fathers taught them. And here are some of the answers. Well, I'm going to ask you, Ace, because you know I think so highly of your parents. Not because I think highly of you when I say they raised you to be such a smart, classy, intelligent, well-mannered, good group. What is, what is, what is the best advice your father ever gave you? I think um, he just said um, just empathy. Um, I think he teaches that a lot, which is, you know, just understanding, putting yourself in other people's shoes and always um, really, you know, just trying to understand them before before understanding yourself. You know, I, I think I, I actually take that into account every single day at the workplace environment with, you know, the loan officers and everybody else with real estate agents. So, um, and, and humility, right? I, I think we can all, he, he always tells me, no matter how much you think you know, you can always learn more. And, um, you know, I, I try to do that every single day, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a that's very good, good fatherly yeah. advice. I, um, when they asked Reader's Digest and they asked some of their readers, um, they some of the top things that, pe- that fathers taught their children was admire people who are not only good at what they do, um, but who love doing it and are passionate about it. Mm. And... I always tell you if you want to be successful in something, hopefully it's something that you're passionate about it because I don't think, this is just my opinion, but I don't think you'll really really be great at something you're not passionate about. And I think that if you're passionate about it, then if you're passionate about what you're doing, then if you're doing it as work, then it doesn't seem like work to you. It's what you love to do, right? Now, this one my father taught me. Uh... (laughs) Never waste food. <laughs> I don't think they teach that now. But oh, I, remember I remember sitting <laughs> at the dinner table not wanting to eat something, and they'd say, do you know about all the poor children who never get any food? Eat your dinner. <laughs> and what do we used to say? Send it to them then. Ship it to yeah. them. Yeah. Well, and never like waste money. Yeah. Uh, that was another thing my yeah. dad told me. But, of course, I didn't take after him on that. Uh, yeah. Be kind to children and animals, and I think you should be kind to everyone. So I would expand on yeah. that. Yeah. Be a good friend. Um, some other things that they said, everything's fate. I don't think my father ever told me that, but I don't know. I think that's somewhat true. Mm-hmm. Love your family. They're always there for you, always. 
And you know what? I think this about family. I think your family's your family. My father always taught me that. Your family's your family, and never forget that. And we're a very close family. And even if you're not close with your brothers and sisters or your family, try to connect in some sort because you only have one family, right? Yep. And yeah. maybe they're not always there for you, but they're still your family. Hey, Jerry, I have a couple of questions that were um, sent to us, and they're actually for you, not for Ace or I. But this is for you. A documentary film producer claims she was rejected by an Upper East Side co-op board because she's married to a woman. The Mm -hmm. board refused to say why she was rejected, which is their legal right. And if you know anything about co-ops, and Jerry will explain that in a second, uh, that is, the woman has filed a federal lawsuit. Wow. Here are the facts, Jerry. Allison Amaron, 59, had a deal to buy a 2.2 million penthouse, I won't even say where, three bedrooms with a, a private terrace. Mm, sounds nice. She made an all-cash above-asking offer on the apartment. She had multiple personal and professional references, including a letter describing herself as a commit- that she was in a committed relationship with someone and uh, i think this is public knowledge so i could say the names but and that she was but happily she's married filed a lawsuit, has, yeah. yeah with mary ellen for 22 mm-hmm. years and happily married f- to her for 10 of those mm-hmm. the co-op board dismissed her application without interviewing her after the board rejected her she mm-hmm. offered to put four years worth of maintenance and assessment payments into escrow as a wow. show of good faith but the board would not reconsider. Wow. She has filed a discrimination lawsuit seeking unspecified damage. Now, Jerry, obviously, <laughs> this is not the case that you're ruling on, but this um, this listener had asked, Jerry, what do you think her chances are? And again, we really don't know mm-hmm. all the facts. I mean, right. we're, we're getting what she's telling us, but. Right. Well, based on those facts, let me just say a couple of things. Um, first of all, I hope she's not filing in federal court because she should be filing in state or city court uh, based on, on sexual orientation because federal, federal, uh, federal law doesn't include sexual orientation yet, believe it or not, but state and city does. And if you know the facts are as she stated, I think she's got a very good claim under either state or local law. You know, co-ops <clears throat> don't have to give a reason. Uh, well, co-ops in, in New York City don't have to give a reason for their denial unless they're sued. If you're sued, then of course all bets are off and now you're gonna go into discovery and you're gonna have to uh, answer attorneys' questions and attorneys are certainly gonna ask questions of board members and they're gonna seek discovery of documents and emails. And you know, when you have a situation like this, the deliberations of the board are generally, uh, you know, there's gonna be multiple people in the room and you know, somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna spill the beans. Uh, in some counties in New York, you uh, co-ops do have to give the reason for the denial, even in the absence of a lawsuit. Now, if she, her, her, the facts are pretty compelling here because uh, certainly the price was above ass, so they can't, you know, really argue that they didn't like the price. Courts have ruled that co-ops can reject it based on price. Sounds like, you know, if she was financially had the wherewithal and didn't have any kind of criminal history or anything like that. And the willingness to put four years of reserves in, wow, that's a really, uh, that's a compelling that's a lot, right? argument. That's a compelling argument. She's got, you know, I've, I've been saying for a long time that, that someday one of these co-ops is going to 
do this to the wrong person. If I'm, we're not saying they did it or didn't do it, nothing's been proven. It's only been alleged. But if it's true, uh, and you know, I again, I I wouldn't file in federal court if I were you. If you're listening, do it in state or a city. Um, but um, if, if the facts are stated, one of these days somebody's going to get a whopping judgment of punitive damages, uh, and uh, and it'll send a signal because. You know, that's just wrong. People, you, people, if you, you can afford it. You got to be able to live wherever you want, in my humble opinion. Um, and, um, and that's not very nice if they did that to her. Well, we will follow it and yeah, see. Yeah, it's an interesting case. Yeah. You know, I um, will follow it and we'll keep you posted to what the results are. But I, I think that make, might, might make a bit of time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know yes. how long do these things take. How long well, do these? The wheels of justice grind slowly. It moves very quickly in federal court, but but again, I don't think her claim is going to do as well in federal court. But uh, you know, the investigation takes a little while. Unfortunately, you know, these systems do go slowly, and um, but but you know, we should hear something within a year or two, probably. You know, that's about All right, as we'll keep you posted. Yeah, so uh, yeah. for yeah, we'll keep you posted to to see what's going on there. Uh, by the way, I was um, fortunate. I mean, I, I kind of was a little early, but I was um, on Fox on Marie Barlamo's show at Shinnecock, which was Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Actually, her. I had She's hair great. and makeup done at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and Thursday turned out to be a luscious day like today, and Shinnecock was just magnificent. And uh, the weather was great, and people were excited, and it's just a, a great, great golf course. And I think it's been done five times in its history. Uh, and this is some named of the questions. This is named after the, the tribe out there, is that what I imagine, right? Yes, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, the Shinnecock, which uh, was June 14th to 17th. And it hosted the, uh, it was the fifth U.S. Open Championship that was at Shinnecock Hills. Mm. And um, Shinnecock is one of the five founding member clubs of the USGA. And it claims to be the oldest formal organization golf club in the United States. It was founded in 1891. Wow. And it was the oldest golf club. Uh, the clubhouse in the United States designed by Stanford White and was built in 1892. Wow, and Paul Brennan was a original member. A long time. Yeah. Applauds to them, accolades to them, Mm. because it was the first club to admit women since the club opened, and in 1893, (laughs) they built a nine-hole course designed for women only. I guess they didn't think they could do the whole they course. They couldn't but, so hard, yeah. They said. yeah. <laughs> now, you want to know, I don't know how much it costs now, but it's up there. Um, I'm going to guess it's a couple They're of hundred. Expensive, these yeah, <laughs> it's up there. A, yeah. um, but, but I know that the original <laughs> membership, okay, and this mm-hmm. is going back to the 1800s, if, right. you, if you wanted to join, was $100. <laughs> Which was a lot of money back then. But it's now, going money. back, that must have been, I don't know, equivalent yeah. to a whole lot today. Yeah. And uh, there were 156 players in the U.S. Open, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful wow. uh, just day, and everyone was so happy. And, and the people that, that, that were there to help everyone were so nice, one nicer than the other. I think we have a break. 
And then I'm going to talk a little about Connecticut and why they banned signs, and do you think it's a good idea? We'll be right back, 866-970-9622. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and of course, you're listening to Iron Real Estate, and we're here with my co-host, Jerry Feeney, and our finance expert who's on every week, like a third co-host, Ace Water to Suparp. And uh, we're talking about, as before the break, I said that uh, a wealthy town in Connecticut, New Canaan, uh, just banned for sale signs in front of homes from the sale for the area. They, the ban starts on July 1st, and it's to last for six months. And they're basically saying that there's too many signs and it looks ugly. And uh, there's about 300 signs, I believe, on the market in New Canaan. And Connecticut has been a little bit slower than the rest of the suburbs. Uh, and Greenwich already has a ban on signs. You can't put a for sale on sign. And their claim is that besides that they look tacky, that with people going on the Internet and searching that way for properties, there's no reason to have for sale signs. Nonsense. And they're going to give it six months, and then after six months they're going to try to evaluate if if to see if, well, gee, has, are, are the same amount of homes sold about? Mm-hmm. The, or are there less or are there more? And if it's about equal, then they're going to ban them probably forever. Well, but, of course, that's not a scientific study at all because the it could have been some other factor. That of course. To the, you know, so do you have to do a control group? You know, if I could just jump in, I don't mean to talk over you, Dottie, but I think that's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. I mean, you know, if you're selling your home, I've, I've many people, right? I mean, you've been in real estate a long time, Dottie. People see signs and say, oh, I didn't know that was a fail. Let me, yeah. let me call I- let me, they didn't ask me. Had they asked yeah, they me, should have I would asked say, <laughs> look, I agree that most people go on the Internet, but I've always told people about signs. <laughs> if somebody is driving and sees a sign, then they've already accepted your location, they've accepted your area, and obviously they've accepted the exterior of your home. That's a good point. The curb. So the curb all of the, the curb appeal and, and they see the streets. And I always tell people, regardless of what anyone tells you, I would never purchase a home through an Internet that I did not see. Because you don't know what the rest of the street looks like. Right. You don't know if there's any vacancies or there might be a commercial plot in the middle or maybe the streets are very busy, which is fine. But that might affect value. So I, I think that what they're really thinking is that there's a lot of signs and it looks like, in a way, it could look like, you know, New Canaan's all for sale, which it's not. Uh, but they're going to try it. So that made news. And that was one of the questions we talked about. Uh, I don't know well, what your opinion yeah. is, but if you have opinions on that, you can call us at 866-970-9622. And then I was asked uh, about golf courses. Since we were at Shinnecock, do you uh, do you think that um, it's good for developers to buy golf courses? 
Now, let me tell you a little about golf courses. Uh, not not about golfing. I'm not a golfer. I can manage miniature golf. Um, but no. Um, People get injured in the when late, you play golf. Yeah. yeah. But in the late 19... In the, in, the, in the late 90s to 2000, the economy was thriving, and the impact of the golf industry was so positive. People had a lot more disposable income, and the secondary mortgage market created competition amongst banks, and they were lending to all types of golf courses. The golf industry itself was in the state of euphoria. Public mo- money was flowing, so it had all the stars aligned. And um, the recession of 2008 caused a severe shortage of capital available uh, to the golf business. And unemployment reached 10% if you go back to then. The housing market crashed. And the number of golfers declined. They didn't have the money to... Golf is an expensive sport. A lot of them are in country clubs. And they lost in 2008 approximately 2 million golfers. Well, it also requires you... Be on time for your tea time, and millennials are not great at that, so they don't. Well, really it wasn't even the true. millennials. Mm-hmm. And so, between 1995 and 2000, there were so many golf courses; there was just too many built. And because of the decrease in membership, golf, course, golf courses were sold. Now, some of the things that I would say millennials and people a little, you know, even a little older than that, is that in my day, and I'm a baby boomer. The husbands would be, they would call the women golf widows because the husbands would go golf for the weekend and that, and that would be the end of it. And now well, that, that younger people, fa- well, let me yeah. just finish this sentence. Younger people, it's more about co-parenting and the wives are like, you're not playing golf all weekend and leaving me with the kids. So, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it doesn't work anymore. And, and, and then all the kids are in every sport and everything, and so it's weekends and people are busy. And then there was a lot of golf communities built all over the country, not just here. Um, I actually have a piece of land, and I want to guess it's in, I don't know, one of the Carolinas, that someone gave it to me because – it was a golf community, and you had to pay all these taxes and golf mm-hmm. uh, assessments and, and the membership fees, and people couldn't afford it. So, yeah. uh, they're, so they're, they're trying to sell some golf courses off, and it's good for residential developments. They usually are in nice areas, and uh, they would make nice residential uh, units, but they get a lot of uh, protests or a lot of uh, uh backlash from uh, the citizens and the zoning and all of that well also environmental too um the uh, golf courses take up an exorbitant amount of water apparently from what i've been reading and as we begin to have water shortages in parts of the country they can't maintain the greens as well when you said golf widow i, I was it just reminded me of a the joke it's a quick one the golfers are on the course and a funeral procession goes by and the one golfer stops, he takes his hat off, and he puts it on his heart, and he puts his head down, and the other golfer says, that's really nice of you. He's very respectful. You know, I'm touched. He says, well, you know, and it is my wife. And uh, <laughs> so he was golfing. Funeral. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, there was so many people out in the Hamptons. It would take, now, just in case you're not familiar with the Hamptons, I would say Southampton from Shinnecock is probably five to seven minutes, if that. It could take two hours to get there. 
I mean, it was like so much traffic, <laughs> you could not believe it. So there are a lot of people that are still in golf, but it, uh, some of the golf courses are being sold. Well, none that I know here, but uh, they would make a nice community, uh, you know, with the land and everything for, you know, maybe townhouse, not townhouses or attached houses or or luxury condos or something of that. So uh, that was a question they asked me. And, of course, they always ask me about the real estate market, and they asked me about the Hamptons. And actually, from the Element reports, um, the Hamptons is actually up from 2017. And their average sales price, which in 2017 was a million seven, and year to date, it's a million nine six six. So it's actually up, and we've had more sales on the high end market. Uh, and don't forget, I think I've said this on the radio before, uh, we had horrible weather for this winter. And right. it was really hard to get out to the Hamptons to go look for a home. So the season started off later. People couldn't get out of the driveway, you know? Yeah. And I do believe that second houses are really going to be on the move. I really, really feel that. Uh, now, as far as the city goes, because they asked me about Manhattan, so I figured I'd share it with you in case you didn't hear the show. Uh the average sales price in um, in the first quarter of 2017 was a little over two million, actually two million one and change, and a year to date, it was a million nine. And a little so bit down. it's a little down, but now you can't go by a you know that's year to date. You have to see how the year ends out because you have one really major, 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 big, big, big sale, and uh, it could throw it off. Uh, well, also, when you're but, talking about averages, you know, in statistics, when it goes down, it could also be because the lower end of the market moved a bigger quantity, you know, and there were more first-time buyers. True, I could give you so. the medium price. It's a lot yeah. lower. Uh, but you know what? If you ask me how the general market is, I think it's good. I think it's uh, not too eventful. Of course, they asked me about interest rates, ACE. And, of course, people on the news want to make it dramatic. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. another interest rate. Oh, my God, how many people can't buy now? And, of course, when they ask me, and I'm not saying this because, you know, I, those of you who have listened to me or know me know I tell you the truth straight as I see it. Uh, I don't think these interest rates are high in the scheme of things compared to what they were or what they've averaged. What do you think, Ace? Yeah, I mean, right now, Federal Reserve, um, you know, they just had a meeting uh, last week on Wednesday, and they decided to raise short-term interest rates from 1.75 to 2%. And, you know, 30-year fixed rate say it's 4.75, 4.75, I'm going to re-emphasize, it's still, still below 5. So we're still at historical lows. But you're right, Dottie, everybody wants to make a big deal that rates are going up, Nobody can afford, you know, homes anymore because rates are going up. But, look, I always tell people, you live in the payment, not in the rate. So, please, you know, just explore. Get a hold of Ace, 866-970-962. He'll give it to you straight. We'll be right back after the break. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back and uh, we have a question. This is uh, I on Real Estate. 
970, and um, you can reach us at 866-970-9622. Let me take a quick question from Paul. Paul, good morning, Paul, on this lovely day. (laughs) Good morning. Thanks for calling I own real estate. Yes, hello. Hi. Uh, This is a question regarding a... Uh, long overdue release of mortgage from 1983. We've owned the house since 1974. The original mortgage has been paid off, and I've had home equity loan, uh, three or four of them, and all of them except the most recent one has been paid off. That's the, good. the release that's under question is from Bank C. Bank C, uh, we rolled that over per a better rate about 1987. That got released. Then a Bank A had a home equity for a while, and that's been uh, paid off and released. And I have a Bank B that I have a uh, home equity that, again, I want to roll over for a little better rate and so forth. But Bank C's first 1983 uh, loan is on the books as not having a release of and the Bank C has gone through mergers and acquisitions and out of business. 30, 35 of them probably. Yeah. <clears throat> How did the other intervening banks not notice this when they looked at the title report to uh, finance? Well, that's my question, too, but that's <laughs> not my concern. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a quick shortcut to getting it uh, done because I'm, I'm yeah. guessing that somebody along the way <clears throat> has gotten the satisfaction. It's called a satisfaction um, of mortgage and just didn't record it. It'll be a lot right. easier than, than going to the uh, lien release department of the successor bank, but they'll get it for you eventually. I mean, they believe me, I mean, I can't imagine a worse job in the world, but there are people that sit there and who who deal with the these historical mortgages and go through the old records and, and find the paperwork and get you the releases they're required to do, satisfaction as they're required to do under law. At some point it's bec- it becomes, um, what they call an ancient mortgage also, and the, and the title company will just take it off by affidavit. I don't know. Yeah. What, I think I think it might be 40 years on that, but you should ask. Uh, 40 years, Jerry. Yeah. It is 40 years. Yeah. Ace, okay, so what is it, 40 years? 40 years. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's not quite, we're not quite there yet, right? You said, what did no, you say, 83? I, 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 I don't want to wait till that age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if you so, don't want to wait 40 years? Yeah. Well, how many years have been? You said 83? Is that when it started? 83 is the mortgage uh, was in, okay. initiated in 83. Yeah. yeah so you're not and the same bank rolled it over uh, in 87, and that release was performed in, in uh, mm-hmm. 2011, believe it or not. Well, it took that long. To, I mean, first of all, the, the, the bank attorney that's uh, representing the, the new bank should help you figure this out. But I, I would do two things. I would, first of all, go to the lien release department of the successor bank and although it seems complicated if you go online they'll tell you who the successor bank is who you know yeah. who they've currently rolled into and then oh, also, I, I know who it is <laughs> okay good and then i would also just have the uh bank attorney reach out to the last couple of attorneys which is easy to do uh or and title companies and say guys how'd you deal with this you must have gotten a satisfaction and by the way you paid somebody to file that satisfaction. If you look at your uh, fee sheet on the last right. couple of loans, you already paid for this, I'm sure, and they didn't do it. So I wouldn't pay again, uh, and I would go back to the I would go back to the last title company and say, "You guys got to deal with this. You didn't do your job." Um, yeah. Rather than you, you know, pulling your hair out trying to yeah. deal with a okay. bureaucracy. You know, those are my ideas. But it happens quite common, actually. Uh, well, it seems that way, at least for me, because as I say, the 
the 87 one took till 2011 to get through the uh, wow. attorneys and trust companies and so forth. Makes you wonder wow. what, where they and where these things are. And it's a lot of time wasted. Around, yeah. It is. It really is. Yeah, but the, again, the interesting thing is even that 87 one, I got a mortgage in, in 2004, uh, home equity loan, uh, and the 87 one didn't get released until 2011. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they missed that they, one, too, for a They few missed years. it. Well, you know what was happening back then? They were they were manufacturing so many loans. I think uh, some of these. Well, I, I'm not going to speculate, but yeah, you know, no, certainly know. if we miss something like that now, uh, Ace would not be, let me close for Citizens Bank too long. Long, you know, what I mean, yeah. the, the, the the banks now are really demanding a higher level of quality, which they should. It's not fair. Why yeah. should you have to deal with this? You know. Yeah. yeah. And just for the public record, since you work for Citizens Bank, Bank C was not Citizens. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. No, Citizens- Glad to know that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Citizens not even in the chain of banks. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, thank you for telling us that. Thank you. Okay, um, well, thank you for the advice. Keep us posted, Paul. Thanks yeah. for calling. And, of course, you can call at 866-970-9622. Uh, you know, Dottie, that that question is actually a really good question because that happens quite often to Jerry's point. Does. And for for our listeners, you know, when you're refinancing your mortgage or when you're selling your property, just make sure you get that proof of satisfaction letter from your current bank, because most of the time, if you rely on the title company, sometimes the title company isn't isn't in business anymore, and you did it maybe mm-hmm. 15 years ago, and that's when you have and and this happens a lot, and that's when you have a lot of issues with. Going back to who actually closed, who read the title, just make sure you have the proof of satisfaction on your mortgage, and just keep a copy of that for yourself. Just to avoid this. That's this good advice. That's good advice. So, you're recommending everyone keeps a copy, Ace. Yeah, every single time you do a transaction, if you're the mortgagee holder um, and you're paying it off, the bank will issue you a proof of satisfaction letter. Make sure you, you you don't leave it up to your attorney to, to get that as well because they still have to submit to the bank. But make sure you, you get a copy for yourself. Good advice. Now, I'll have to uh, look. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sitting here with, I don't want to mention his name, but he happens to be close to us and helps us a lot with the show. And he has tried to get a mortgage, a refinance, excuse me, for, I don't know, I've been doing this radio show uh, a lot of years, and uh, we all have, actually. Uh, and I know that he's been trying for a good many years. I would say four or five, I'm guessing. And I see him today, and I say, gee, did you sell, You decide not to sell your house? He said, I didn't have to. He said, guess what? You know the bank that did it for me after all these years? It was Citizens. <laughs> it was Citizens that came. So Citizens really is a great bank, and I encourage everyone to at least call them and it's not only for mortgages it's any of your financial needs uh, because that makes the difference in our life and I know with myself we all get busy and sometimes we put off the things that are most important to us because we do Mm -hmm. for everybody else and for those of you women out there especially women okay let's just take the time just find out the information that you need whether it's retirement whether it's refinancing uh, I just had someone the other day, Ace, remind me, I'll, I'll text you later, uh, who I, I've been after refinancing their mortgage for at least two years. Uh, and then they said, oh, you know, I, I think I should refinance. I said, well, <laughs> gee, uh, 
The interest <laughs> rates went up. Better. You could have gotten it even much cheaper two years ago, but it's yeah. never too late. So you'll just give us a call at 866-970-9622, or you can get a hold of Ace or at radio show at element.com. By the way, this was surprising to me. What do you think the hottest housing market in the U.S. right now is? Hottest housing right market now. in the U.S.? Well, I guess to say Miami. Wrong. Really? What is it? Not even close. And you're not going to guess this. No, well, Cincinnati. (laughs) Well, I thought you were going to tell me Detroit. No. For the second consecutive month, Midland, Texas was named the hottest housing market in the U.S. Where's Midland, Texas? Where's Midland? I've never heard of it. Well, see, now you should learn something because, Uh you know, things change. And, you know, don't be in the past of what was the hottest Uh markets because you have to be up on things. And now when someone asks you what's the hottest market, you're going to have to say Midland, Texas. Yeah. All right. Well, actually, drawing people there. Okay, it's located west of Dallas and northwest of booming Austin. Mm -hmm. And Midland, Texas is an oil town. And one of its biggest tourist attractions, which sounds kind of fun, is called Boomtown. And it's a replica of the 1930s oil town with land, office, and a general store. (laughs) And they say that what's happened to California is that it's gotten, and this is from Realtor.com, it's not from my, uh, you know, firsthand information. It says that, you know, that their taxes, the market is hot, but their taxes that they've reached their breaking point with high prices. You know, everyone asks me, what's something worth? What's this home worth? Something's worth what's willing to, what, what someone's willing to pay for it. So if someone says, gee, how are they getting those prices? Well, I guess there are people that are willing to pay for those prices and those taxes. But there always comes a place where people say, okay, that's enough. And when yeah. that happens, then it slows a bit down, and then everyone has to readjust. But that's the housing market that is the hottest now for two consecutive months. I don't know if we'll keep it that way. Uh, But I just thought that was interesting. And I also thought, you know, I I like to read interesting real estate uh, facts. And, you know, they're predicting um, that there will be millions more New Yorkers by 2030. I mean, we're expecting a continued population boom. Mm -hmm. People come here and they want to be here. Okay, I'm not sure where they're going to fit, okay, or where the cars are going to fit or where anything is going to fit, but... Um, I'm sure the mayor will figure it out. He's got such good There's ideas. a lot of room in, in Jerrysville Lake House. I just want to emphasize that. That's oh, okay. Not a lot of and Ace, <laughs> blackmail Jerry. You could just say to him, I'm going to give the address and, or else. You better do this for me or else, Jerry. I'm giving out the address. Revenge is no, the dish no, best served cold. I wish I was there every weekend. So mm-hmm. Come every weekend. You have to visit. I am. The report said that the city would reasonably reach a population of more than 9 million in less than 30 years. Um, wow. With authors wow. predicting that New York will remain a magnet for immigrants, artists, and young professionals seeking their fortune. So, you know, it's still going to be a great investment. But the yeah. most logical location, okay, in the city for all, you know, with all that's going on, is they say the city's waterfront neighborhoods, including Long Island City, Willits mm-hmm. Point in Queens, yeah. Red Hook in Brooklyn, <laughs> Red Hook's and the Financial District. 
Where they and that's, all done that. uh, and that's, uh, that's from a study, uh, and a report by the Center for Urban Real mm-hmm. Estate at Columbia University. Now, well, does that mean they're 100% <clears throat> right? No one is 100% right, but that's what they predict. Speaking of the city, Dottie, yes. uh, the, the newest uh, idea that I read about uh, from our beloved mayors to, to take away the, uh, <laughs> the testing for the, the city's three premier high schools, Stives in Bronx Science and Brooklyn Tech, and apparently uh, because he's quite, citing a lack of diversity with respect to the new students coming in there. But, you know, it's all merit-based. There's a test to get in these schools. And these schools have been around for a long time and have produced some of the nation's top scientists. I mean, they're really hard to get yeah. into. I could never that's get into my, these schools. Uh, that's school, my alma mater, Jerry. Which one did you go to? I went to Bronx Science. Bronx Science. Okay, there, there you go. There's an example. So this, that's one of the, the you know, hardest schools to get into. The mayor says, let's take away the merit-based uh, entry into it, is from what I'm reading. I just want to say, I think that's a What does he terrible... say? What does he want to do? Well, there's a lack of diversity. The truth of the matter is that if you look at the uh, test results, uh, the, the highly um, skewed towards Asian students, they're performing much better than other uh, racial groups. So I say, well, okay, then to address that issue, you don't simply say take away the testing system because you still want the best and the brightest to go there, but maybe you have to work a little harder to reach out into other communities to make sure they know about the tests, to help them prepare for the tests, because these are Just like the SATs, don't we all? I mean, I remember taking SAT courses to try to do better on them. Exactly. Um, And you know what I tell parents or, you know, look, no one's a perfect parent, but... uh, Life is full of competition. And if kids don't learn that that's what life is about, that there's always competition. I used to tell my daughter, there's always that someone smarter, prettier, richer, okay? But it doesn't necessarily go to the child that's the smartest. It goes to the child that wants it the most. And if if you really want to get into a good school, then you really have to work. Right, right. And, you know, we've all failed. All of us on the show have failed many, many times. No one's successful has not failed. So uh, I just think it's a terrible idea. These are wonderful schools that we really need to prepare our b- best and brightest for the future. And uh, in, a, you know, in a parade of stupid ideas, this is right up there at the top. We have a break. We have some uh, callers on the line. So if you'll uh, stay on the line, we have uh, a break for the 11 o'clock news. So you can either stay on the line or call us right back after the 11 o'clock news. And we'll be glad to answer your questions. And by the way, 150 square foot Hong Kong parking space sold for 760,000 and you think New York is expensive. <laughs> That's okay. that is crazy. That takes the cake. All right, we'll be right back if the news if you're on the line stand we'll answer the questions as soon as the news. And then we have Desiree on the, on the line. She's going to talk a lot about women's diversity and uh, loans and things you can do if you're a woman. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.